morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Draft Nut Podcast in 2021. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson of Blue Chip Scouting as your hosts of today's episode. We are finally out of the most dreadful and shitty year in human history, and now we enter what we hope is the best year in human history. It's officially playoff time, and for others, it's draft season, like for my Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm excited about it, excited to know what the future may hold for this team um, coming through the draft and, of course, free agency and whatnot. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to talk about football on this fine Tuesday morning or whenever you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So, Devin, good morning to you. Are you ready to talk about some football today? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, you know, we got, you know, NFL playoffs coming up. We got the national championship coming up. So really this weekend, this upcoming is probably one of the better weekends in sports. You know, you got the NFL playoffs starting. You got college football wrapping up. And then, you know, over the next two Saturdays and Sundays, you got, uh, NFL football, uh, once again. So, you know, this is a prime time for football. Uh, draft season is in its prime or starting to enter its prime. And, uh, you know, like you said, you've been uh, doing some stuff for Carolina. Uh, you're kind of tr- trying to predict where they'll land. You did a mock draft on Monday as well. So you've been busy already for draft season. Uh, I'm starting to ramp things up. So I'm excited, man. We're excited, too, man. And, you know, we got the Secret Bowl coming up in a few weeks, which we'll be a part of. I assume you're going to be doing virtual or are you going to um, the game itself? Yeah, I'm I'm going to do virtual. Uh I I consider it for a bit, but it's just way too risky right now. Yeah. Uh and don't want to risk anything with my job as well, so right. I'm going to do virtual. Yeah, same here. Um and as if some of you don't know, Devin and I are um we're credentialed for the senior bowl in a few weeks, so we're excited about that. We're excited to what the virtual experience will be like and, you know, what we could possibly do during uh, the Senior Bowl. Um, we'll be watching practices. We'll be um, maybe getting a chance to interview players. We we don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see come that week. So we're excited about that. All right. Let's get into some football talk today. But before we do so, I want to talk about my most recent prospect evaluation and it's on the most talented quarterback in this draft class, or the most talented quarterback to enter this draft since Andrew Luck, and probably the best player in this draft, and that's Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Look, this was probably the easiest evaluation I've ever done on a prospect. Like, I have watched him so much as a Clemson fan, like I already knew what his really his strengths and weaknesses were, and... When I was writing down his notes last night during my prospect evaluation on him, I only wrote down two things that I considered weaknesses. And I don't think that they are really like major, major weaknesses. Like they have to be cleaned up big time. But like it's something that fans wouldn't really notice. So Lawrence, his only two weaknesses I had written down were he's kind of guilty of Staring, uh, well, he's kind of guilty of being late to that second read. When he's going through those progressions, he's kind of late to those, to that second read because he wants to make sure that first read is open. And if his first read is open, he'll throw it to that first read. Um, so he, he'll take a little bit longer to look at that first read and then he'll progress to that second and then the third read. There were some instances where he, like and we we've seen it throughout his career where he was kind of like he felt like he already knew where he was going to go with the football and sometimes that got him got him into trouble as we saw in 2019 when he didn't have a great start to the year he was turning the ball over wasn't looking that great um got better as the year went along and you know there were some instances this year you know where he was predetermined where he was going to go with the football um, and that, that just comes from his confidence as a quarterback to make every throw because he can, there's no question he can make every throw. It's just, it, it can be risky at times. And that's something else I wrote down was 
um, while having that confidence of making every throw, which he definitely can. It, it doesn't come without risk, and he can be guilty of having true, too much trust in his arm strength on some reps, and that has gotten him into some trouble. But, you know, overall, there's nothing really I have any major concerns about with Lawrence. Um, those two concerns I have for Lawrence, you know, they can definitely be worked on as his career goes along, but he can make an immediate impact at the next level. Like, I think he can help a team win, like, a few more games than they're supposed to, you know? He's probably going to go to Jacksonville, which if, you know, they don't have a quarterback next year or they don't have, like, a talented quarterback like Lawrence, they're probably uh, probably another 12-loss team, you know? So Lawrence definitely adds probably two or three more wins to that total. So that's the type of player he is. He, you can win games because of Lawrence. You, he's not like Teddy Bridgewater where you have to have talent around him. You have to have elite talent around him, a top 10 offense, a top 10 wide receiver core, or a top 10 skill position group, top 10 defense, whatnot. You, Lawrence can do more with less. And we've seen that before. We saw it at Clemson. And there's, it, it really does feel like Lawrence doesn't have a weakness, even though I did point out some weaknesses. It doesn't feel like he has any glaring weaknesses. Um, as we all know, he's a true leader. Um, he's an unspoken true leader. Um, he led Clemson to three straight playoff appearances, including two national championships, where he won his first one um, in his freshman year. Um, he puts his body on the line almost every snap, every play. Um, and when you watched his tape, when you watch his games, you can tell he has full control of the offense. Like he will, I heard there were times where he was calling his own plays. He was calling the, his own plays for the offense and they were just going, they were rolling and, that that's the type of player Lawrence is. He has such exceptional football IQ that they're willing to give him the reins of the play calling on offense. Like he is that good. He's elite on all three. He has elite accuracy on all three levels of the field. Ball placement is phenomenal. Um, his accuracy never seems to drop off whenever he's under pressure or moving out of the pocket. Um, his ball placement, um, it, he does a good job placing the ball where his receivers can, you know, get into the open field and make yards after the catch. You know, a lot of yak opportunities, yards after catch opportunities. So that's a big plus. He has excellent poise. He's really good with, with his progressions. His decision making is great. Um, maybe some, maybe that would be one of his weaknesses, quote unquote, that you know, for Lawrence, I think that'd be a strength for anyone else. But again, like that's at this point, we're kind of nitpicking Lawrence at that point. It, it, that that's ridiculous. We're we're not trying to do that, not at all. We're just making it, just making some points. He's got incredible mobility for someone his size at six six two twenty. Like he he is a great runner of the football. Um, I know there are going to be people that will say he is an underrated athlete. No, he is a great athlete. Runs the ball just as well as any quarterback in this draft class. Um, he, he he can blow by defenses with his legs, and we've seen that. He has long strides, long legs, long strides. Um, we saw it against Ohio State two years ago when he blew by that defense on like a 69-yard touchdown run. So he – can basically fit in any offense, you know, if he somehow, some way, like in some weird alternate universe, the Ravens trade away Lamar Jackson. They trade up to the number one picking, get Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence can run that offense with great efficiency, and he can basically do the same offense that Lamar was doing and the way they had everything going for them. So, his arm strength is phenomenal. There's no concerns there. Clean footwork in the pocket. His mechanics are great. Um, he does a great job maneuvering in the pocket. Um, 
and keeping his eyes downfield. And, you know, there's, there's nothing really bad to say about this guy. Like, this is as perfect of a quarterback as they come. This is as talented of a quarterback as they come. So, if we, I, I really, like, and I get it. If some people think that Justin Fields is QB1, fine. But, you know, I, I really don't see it. I'm not trying to be petty. I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. But if you're, if you nitpick Lawrence's game and you, like, you're, you say, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit lower on him. I think the QB1 race is a lot closer. I'm like, really? I'm questioning your draft evaluation, you know? I, I, not to be mean. I, not at all. But Lawrence is probably the best quarterback I've ever evaluated. He is the best quarterback I've ever, I've ever evaluated. And he is the highest graded player I've ever evaluated. It was Saquon Barkley, who I think ended up grading out as 100. But for me, when it comes to evaluation, sometimes um, position value takes over. So Lawrence overtakes Barkley big time. Um, so, you know, I'm there's nothing really wrong with Lawrence. Great player, great prospect, future stud in the NFL, future superstar, future face of the NFL. Like he has that potential. And I think with what the Jaguars have this offseason in terms of cap space, draft capital, they'll have a new coach, new coaching staff, new GM. I think the future is really bright in Jacksonville. Um, and maybe one day Trevor Lawrence will lead Jacksonville to a Super Bowl title. Maybe that comes in a couple of years. Who knows? If they really do a good job developing that roster, they got a shot to winning a Super Bowl throughout Trevor Lawrence's lifetime. So I'm really excited about Trevor Lawrence's future. And, you know, this Trevor Lawrence should be doubted at all. This is someone's who, when you're really nitpicking this game, you're, you're just trying to be different. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you know, you have to have everything in context. You have to really look at the full picture and, you know, I'm not going, I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, nitpicking Lawrence's game, but I'm really unbiased with it. I'm not, because I'm a Clemson fan, you'd expect, oh, I'm going to be biased towards him. No, I'm, I'm biased towards every prospect, no matter what. If I like him a lot on his tape, then of course he's going to be one of my guys. And Lawrence is definitely one of my guys. I think he's going to be a lot of people's guys. Um, but, he shouldn't be down in this draft. He's the number one pick. He is the best player in the draft, the best quarterback in the draft, undoubtedly, period. That's it. So if you have watched – have you watched Lawrence yet? Have you done his evaluation? Uh, um, I haven't done the official evaluation, but I've taken a look at three of his games. And, I mean, there's really nothing, you know, like you said, that he has in terms of weaknesses. You know, he's – he can do everything you ask of him, push the ball down the field, uh, make multiple reads, get outside of the pocket and make plays. And uh, like you said, you know, some of his weaknesses, you know, sometimes he he relies on that arm talent. And – you know, that can that can hurt you sometimes because uh, as confident as he may be, you know, defenses in NFL are going to be good enough to adjust and, and be there, and make the play. So there are going to be times in his rookie season where he makes bad plays because he's just trying to do too much. So I think if he doesn't get that hero ball mentality that he has to, you know, make the big play every time his team is down or something like that and, you know, kind of settle for those check downs at times, I think. Uh, learning to fight another day for him as well. Um, that's something he has to, has to learn a little bit more because we've seen that Clemson, you know, he makes incredible plays. You know, he, he tries to make first downs even when they seem impossible. And, you know, that's what the best, you know, the best of the best do. You know, they make the incredible plays and, you know, just leave you like, how did you make that throw? How'd you fit that in that type window? Uh, so I think that that's what, you know, kind of, in us watching him for three seasons, we've known since his freshman season that this day was going to come. Uh, and now, you know, people are basically nitpicking and they're going to 
there's there's going to be people that hold that Ohio State game against him, right? And, you know, that's not really fair for a prospect. Because, like, we did that last year to A.J. Terrell, you know, com- you know what happened. And now people are going to do it with Darian Kendrick as well, even though he was in good position most of the play. So we tend to do that with prospects. We kind of put a microscope over them and say, oh, in this game, what did they do? You know, they didn't do enough. But when you look at his stats and you look at the game, he did plenty to win the game. Their defense just couldn't stop Ohio State. And they couldn't move the ball consistently. There was, you know, not continuity with the play calling because their play caller was out of the game. So context matters when you're looking at prospects. But when you watch Trevor Lawrence play, he does it all, man. Uh, you can't come away not thinking he is easily the best prospect in the country by watching this tape. You know, if you get anything else, then either you're nitpicking super hard or you're just not having context and in, in what's going on. So for me, obviously, Trevor Lawrence will be the number one player and he should be on everyone's draft board. Uh, I really don't think there's much of a debate taking Justin Fields at one. I know he had a fantastic game against Clemson, but like I said, context matters. And mm-hmm. Justin Fields still has his flaws. He definitely did a better job of making his reads quicker. Uh, you know, I saw Jordan Reed break down the game, gave him some triangle reads as well, give him some easier stuff to look at. So he feels more comfortable at the beginning of the game. So going back to Trevor Lawrence, though, there's, there's really nothing that you can say bad about him. Uh, like you said, nitpicking is pretty much all you can do. And and the things that are his weaknesses, whether it's relying too much on his arm talent, you know, learning how to fight another day, things like that those can be easily coached up and, you know, just basically go in the film room in the NFL and say, look, you got to throw the ball away here. You know, just let, let us punt. Don't try to make the spectacular play. So, I mean, there's, there's not much to say about Lawrence that hasn't been said, I think. You're right. And, you know, when looking back at Trevor Lawrence's game against Ohio state um, on Friday night, he didn't have a bad game. He had a great game. It was just, and look, people will say, oh, a lot of his yards came in garbage time. But when you look at his tape from that game, he was great. His defense just failed him. The play calling wasn't great. They weren't going for it on fourth down when they really should have early in the game because they had plenty of opportunities. Fourth and short, you can easily get a first down with Trevor Lawrence's legs. You can easily call Tall screens, um, draws with ETN, you know, like you had options on fourth down, but they decided to punt. And their defense really, they were out. Clemson's defense didn't have the athletes on the field that Ohio State did. And that cost them. And Brent Venables did all he could with the talent he had on that roster or on that defense. But it just wasn't enough. He didn't have Isaiah Simmons. He didn't have AJ Terrell. Um, like, you know, that, that hurts, you know, and Isaiah's just looking back from looking at this year's defense and the 2019 defense of Clemson. You can tell Isaiah Simmons was the guy on that defense. He was making almost every play. He was the reason why Clemson was really staying in games defensively. Isaiah Simmons made some big plays in the college football semifinal um, against Ohio State the first game. So, you know, when looking at what, well, everything comes into context. You got to think about context when it comes to Trevor Lawrence and the game against Ohio State on Friday night. You know, it's people will say, oh, Trevor Lawrence had a bad game. Here's the thing. He wasn't the offensive play caller. He wasn't, he didn't play defense. He did what he could. He did what he could against Ohio State. He did the best he could with the limitations he had around him in terms of play calling and the defense. You know, all he could do was just hope the defense can make a stop. And you know, they did make a couple stops, but when Justin Fields has a game like that, it's hard. I, you you would need like a Herculean-like performance to beat Justin Fields in that type of game. You know, that, that was an incredible game by Justin Fields. 
it'll be fun to watch his tape from that game. I'm excited to look at it. Um, I'm excited to dive into Justin Fields' tape. I'm going to wait until after the national championship to do so because Fields will be going up against maybe the best defense he, he has played. Well, maybe not the best defense. I would say probably one of the more talented defenses he'll play this season against Alabama. That that will be a very crucial evaluation. Him going up against NFL talent like Patrick Sertan, Christian Barmore, uh, future talents like um, one of their edge rushers. I can't think of his name. Um, they also got I'm trying to think Christian Harris, another future NFL talent. You know they got. He'll be facing guys like that all game long throughout the game Monday night. So that's going to be a very, very big game for his evaluation. And I'm I'm excited to watch that game. Going to be watching Fields very closely. Um, and also I'm going to try my best to get a look at some of the other prospects on that Ohio State offense and defense. You know, there are talented guys like Baron Browning and Pete Warner. Um, tough Borland, um, trying to think who else. Sean Wade, he, he's not had a great year and looks like he, he would probably fit either as a box safety or he'll play as, or he'll go back to nickel. And I think, and the thing with Sean Wade, I want to bring this up. The thing with Sean Wade is when you, when I was watching his, when I was watching the Clemson Ohio State game from a year ago, he was really good in the nickel. He was good playing near the box, playing, going, playing downhill in at nickel. You know, he, he felt comfortable there and just seeing the stark difference between him from 2019 and this year. It's incredible. Like he, he has not been good on the boundary. He, he needs to be a nickel at the next level. I think he needs to, if, in order to have a better career in the NFL, you stick him on the boundary. Unless you have a great defensive coach that can really help with his technique, um, his discipline and coverage um, and zone and man, including press, like he needs to play nickel. He needs to start out his career at nickel and then develop his skills as his career goes along. So, um, so it will be an interesting evaluation with Sean Wade. Um, but again, Ohio State's, Ohio State, Alabama. We'll be breaking that down probably Thursday, um, or we'll, we may, we may, and this is news for both of us. We may have a show, possibly Monday, a quick show, maybe in the morning. Not saying we will, but possibly we'll probably have something like that um, for the national championship. And also, we'll break down some of the Heisman Trophy winners um, Thursday. We'll talk about the Heisman Trophy ceremony. We think it's probably going to be Devontae Smith. He has been the best player in college football this year. Um, he has been performing at a very high level, and he'll probably – and I recently mocked him as the third overall player in the 2021 NFL draft. I had him going to Miami third overall, so I'm excited about that. Excited to see who will win the Heisman tonight, Tuesday nights. Um, we'll be talking about it tonight as well on Twitter and whatnot, so I'm excited about that. Devin, have you watched any prospects as of late? What, who have you watched as of late? I know you wanted to take a look at a receiver out in North Texas, I believe. You were talking about that in the Blue Chips Scouting Group chat. Um, I know you wanted to look at a couple other players as well. Yeah, so uh, last night uh, I took a look at Jalen Darden, and I'll probably break him down probably later this week, but Five nine, uh, like 180, 185. He's he's not a super big guy, but listen, you throw on the tape, he is the only one making plays on that offense. And defenses know that he is, you know, gonna be keyed in on. But still, he scored 19 touchdowns this season, the most by any receiver in college football. Uh, 74 catches over a thousand yards. He's explosive. Uh, he's one of those guys. Uh, he's kind of like a Elijah Moore. Uh, uh, kind of mold, uh, kind of one of those smaller guys, but he creates separation at a ridiculous pace. I think in 2019, he had like the third or fourth most um, wide open touchdowns in, in the country. And it was guys like Jamar Chase and uh, guys like that were on the list last year. Um, 
he just he just does it all. And for me, you know, he's obviously he's not going to be one of those first three or four round guys. I think he's probably going to go probably rounds five through seven. But what he brings to the table, he, he's a great ball tracker. Uh, you know, when the ball is in the air, he gets under it with ease. And, you know, at times, even the quarterback, he outruns the pass of a quarterback. You know, sometimes he, he overruns it at times and has to slow himself down. But what he does when, you know, with the ball in his hands is, is probably one of the better thing, you know, pe- better explosive players in the country. You know, you, you look at some of the first round guys, you got Jalen Waddle, um, you know, Jamar Chase, obviously Devontae Smith. What Darden does with the football in his hands is ridiculous. And the fact that he put up that type of production, you know, playing at North Texas, like I said, he, he was the main guy. Teams knew that he was going to get the ball a, a good majority of the game, but he just put up ridiculous stats all season long. You know, over 200 yards against Middle Tennessee State, uh, had a couple of touchdowns against SMU. So, you know, it's not exactly top tier competition, but when it comes to Darden's game, I, I don't think there's anything he can't do. I think he's primarily a slot guy once he gets to the NFL, uh, probably in the return game as well, kick returner, pump returner. But with, you know, you, you can't overvalue players that uh, can stretch the field. And I know his height is going to be a disadvantage. You know, he's not going to be someone that has to be in catch ball situations, you know, or, or jump ball situations, or, you know, he's not someone that's going to, you know, go up and snag a ball over the middle. He's someone you got to, you know, obviously put in space, but, you know, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can turn a five yard gain into a, a 50, 60 yard gain. So uh, getting to watch him last night, I got to see up close and personal. I, I watched him from afar for, you know, a couple of weeks during the season, but he's definitely someone to, to watch and, Probably one of the more fun tapes that I, I've watched this so far this season, the 2021 season or 2020 season. Um, and, you know, being able to have that all 22, you're able to see, you know, kind of the nuances and his ability to create separation with his feet. You know, he has really good footwork. Uh, I think, you know, his routes could be a little bit cleaner. Sometimes he rounds them off. Um, he doesn't, you know, make crisp cuts. He drifts at, at times on out routes, but. There's no denying his pure speed and, and ability to um, create separation at the point of attack. So I think, you know, teams will value him probably later rounds. Probably day three is is most certainly going to be his landing spot. But he's he's certainly one of the more intriguing prospects, I think, in, in terms of production and just overall explosiveness. So, you know, if, if you have a chance, I would definitely probably watch him. You can probably watch him later in draft season. But Definitely recommend watching him. Uh, some other players I got, you know, coming up on the list. I want to watch the safety James Wiggins out of Cincinnati. I've heard really good things about him. My Jay Sanders as well, the edge yeah, rusher same. for Cincinnati. Uh, he, he's done some really nice things. Um, take a look at Richie Grant, safety from UCF. I'm trying to dive into the safety class in, in general. You know, I know uh, Trayvon uh, Merrick is going to be probably safety one. Uh, just based on, you know, kind of a weak class and, you know, Andre Cisco suffered an injury and, and pretty much no one else has really stood out uh, in terms of safety. So he's easily going to be the default uh, safety one. But I'm eager to to get into the, the safety and corner class, uh, you know, eager to look at Darian Kendrick. That's someone that I've been wanting to take a look at. I know you've gotten a close look at him watching all your uh, all the Clemson games this season. And, you know, just trying to get back into it, I, I took a little bit of a break, you know, around Christmas time to, to kind of just relax and whatnot, but ready to get back in. Another player I, I want to take a look at that I really liked uh, towards the end of the season is Greg Newsom, the corner of Northwestern. Uh, he, he's, I, I took a look at him from some of his last year tape, really impressed with that. Surprised that he's not getting more buzz still. Um, probably. My guess is probably he's going to be a third rounder at, at this point, unless he tests super well. But definitely someone that, you know, can develop as one of the better corners in this class. And he may surpass his uh, counterparts, you know, depending on his landing spot and, and kind of his trajectory. So those are kind of the, kind of the guys I'm looking out for, but uh, definitely came away impressed with uh, Darden. Yeah, I plan on to uh, watch a few prospects over um, the next few weeks. Um you know, I got school. I got my spring semester starting up here. 
um, next week on Monday. So that's going to be fun. So this week, usually probably one of the more stressful weeks um, of the semester. Um, so trying to find a way to do my draft evaluations, do articles for blue chip scouting and as well as balancing school out um, will be a challenge, but you know, I got to find a way to do it. Um, you know, and it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun draft season. I, I, I really do think it will be a very entertaining and fun draft season. Um, we do have some breaking news, um, coming out from Cleveland, um, the, from Adam Schefter. The Browns COVID outbreak continues. Head coach Kevin Stefanski, two other coaches and two players have COVID issues. Sources tell ESPN and the Browns are closing their facility. As they are about to play their first playoff game since 2002. Are you kidding me? The, the bad luck they always have, man. I, I feel bad for this, for this fan base, man. Like, of course, COVID's gonna screw their hopes of maybe even winning a game, but, um, Schefter later tweeted out, um, or just tweeted out just now, um, Brown special teams coordinator, Mac prefer, um, now will serve as Cleveland's acting head coach. So, you know, if the Browns somehow win this weekend without Kevin Stefanski, it'll be the greatest winner. That would be the franchise history. Best win. Yeah. Over Pittsburgh, an arch rival. So they're playing Pittsburgh two weeks in a row with Ben Roethlisberger, with TJ Watt, with a health, with a better healthy roster. That team's not dealing with COVID issues. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know, here's the thing. Cleveland made the playoffs. That that should make the fan base happy at least. You're going to go into next year probably with a better defense, probably probably mostly the same roster. I doubt OBJ is probably going to come back. I, I think OBJ is going to get traded in the offseason somewhere. So wherever – so Cleveland might end up having more draft capital than they currently do if they decide to trade OBJ. So, you know, I think the future is bright in Cleveland. They got Baker Mayfield. They'll have to find – they'll probably end up giving him a fifth-year option or giving him the fifth-year option as they work to probably find or give him a new contract. I don't know how big of a contract it will be. It, it will probably be very big, but who knows, man. I, I really do feel bad for Cleveland. They're just having bad luck right now. They're dealing with a COVID outbreak as – COVID-19, um, the COVID-19 pandemic continues to spread around the country at a alarming rate um, as hospitalizations are going up, cases are going up, testing is going up and whatnot. So um, this is going to be a tough couple months. Um, you know, we got the vaccine coming up soon. Um, we hope that can make a difference. And it sounds like it is um, from what we've been hearing so far. So, you know, there is hope for this year. Um, hope that this time in 2022, we don't have to wear masks anymore. We can go out places without being worried about getting COVID-19. You know, that that's what we're hoping for um, over the these next several months. So um, fingers crossed things can get better. We hope they do. 2021 deserves to be a better year than 2021. I feel like it's been a better year, honestly. Like a few days into the new year. It's going well so far, despite the pandemic. So not having too bad of a problem right now. All right. Speaking of the playoffs, we're going to go ahead and break down or we're going to go ahead and predict each game um, for wild card weekend. Then we're going to move on to the divisional round, the conference championships and then the Super Bowl. So let me try to load up my playoff predictor here. Devin and I are using um, playoffpredictors.com. Um, if you want to do your playoff predictions there. Um, so Devin, I, I think you had to, when you go into playoff predictor, I don't think it has all the games from week 17 up. So you'd have to go in and, um, click on who the winners were for those games. So that's what I had to do. And of course, playoff predictors is having a hard time loading right now. So that's a wonderful thought. Um, come on. 
I have too many tabs up. I got like eight tabs pulled up right now. Um, draft season, baby. That's what that's what happens during draft season. You got eight to twelve tabs pulled up. You're trying to do as much research on prospects and watch as much film as you can. Um, God, I don't know why it's not loading. Yeah, I think my computer froze up. There we go. Edit all of this out because it's a nightmare to try to load this up. I don't know why it's not loading. It was just up here in a, a minute ago. Unless I'm having internet problems, which I hope yeah. I'm not. I'm trying to figure out how to pick the games. <laughs> you want me to try to... Share my screen real quick. I, I think I can do it on here. I don't know. Let's see. Um. Oh, never mind. I figured it out. Oh. You got it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's. Patriots, Titans, Raiders. It's websites like these that, like, they got cookies and all and. It takes forever to load. Which is annoying. Uh, let's see. Hey, did you see I got um I got on um Matt V's um hot takes thread or um takes exposed thread? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, finding I was, you know, sometimes you know I just try to find um. Some ways to try to get on there. And finally got on there when I said Georgia was going to beat Florida. Don't at me. You know. Yeah. They had JT Daniels. They would have won. Just saying. I'm just saying. That's, they, they definitely would put up a better game than they did. Yep. All right. So I got the games pulled up. I assume you got yeah, um, I'm ready. playoff games pulled up. Let's begin with our playoff predictions. First off, we got Baltimore and Tennessee in the AFC Rematch from the divisional round from last year in which Tennessee came in and blew out the Ravens. Um, Mar Jackson's looking for revenge. His team has been on a hot streak since playing Cleveland. Um, they've been playing well both sides of the ball. Um, the offense is playing really well. They have 400 rushing yards against Cincinnati last week. That is insane. Um, Lamar Jackson had a big, uh, big game. He rushed for a thousand yards again. Second time in history, a, or the first time in history, a quarterback has rushed for a thousand yards in two straight seasons. So Ravens are on a hot streak. Titans had a big railing win over, um, the Texans a week, um, last weekend. Um, great win for them. An exciting win over Deshaun Watson and company. Um, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry balling out, Corey Davis balling out. Derrick Henry now over 2,000 yards rushing. First time since 2012 that a, that a running back has rushed for 2,000 yards. So I expect this to be a good game. But, man, I, I, I'm i going to go with the hot streak. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens over the Tennessee Titans. I think the Ravens are playing some of the best football in the NFL right now. They're run the ball really well. They're, um, Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball well as well when he's gotten opportunities. Um, defense is playing well. They're, they're just, they're probably the hottest team, um, in the AFC of all the AFC playoff teams right now. I think they're the hottest team right now. So I'm going to go with Baltimore over Tennessee. Uh, who do you got in that game? I, I know you're, I think, aren't you leaning Tennessee a little bit? Uh, I, I was thinking about, but I think I'm going to go with Baltimore. I think uh, they learned from last year and, um, you know, they're going to be way more prepared for this game. Um, and I don't think they're going to get down as early as they did last year. I think they're going to have a game plan ready for Tennessee. And I mean, Tennessee just gave up a ton of points to Houston and we know they got Deshaun Watson, but they're not exactly world beaters. You know, they've been, they've had games where like, you know, they've where Houston hasn't been able to really score. So, you know, coming off a game like that and the Ravens playing as well as they are, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, understands, you know, his first two playoff losses 
and, you know, got it makes, I think he comes in much more prepared and efficient. And I think he's the reason they win the game. He makes timely third down plays and, you know, they just pretty much do what Tennessee did to Baltimore last year and run, run all over them. So I got Baltimore winning this one. All right. So we're done with that game. Let's move on to Cleveland, Pittsburgh. The sixth seed Cleveland Browns, first time in the playoffs since 2002, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The number three seed, the Steelers have lost um, three of the last four games, um, or four of the last five games, I assume. Um, they, they've not been playing well offensively. Um, for most of the year up until the Washington game, and that's when they really started to get exposed and started falling apart. Um, Cleveland with a big win last week, of course, to get into the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Um, and the future is bright in Cleveland. The Browns are going to have an uphill battle. Of course, we broke the news um, this morning um, that – uh, Kevin Stefanski will not be coaching this game a couple, along with a couple of other coaches and players due to the ongoing COVID outbreak um, in the organization. So uphill battle for Cleveland, but hopefully the two players that have COVID, you know, or are dealing with COVID issues, they're not like key players. So I'm I'm hoping Cleveland is at full strength except that head coach. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, there is hope that from that second half against, um, the Colts a couple weeks ago that, you know, Pittsburgh can really do some damage. That defense is very nasty. Um, with TJ Watt, um, with Minka Fitzpatrick and all, um, you know, it, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to say Cleveland overcomes. Their uphill battle, and I think they're going to get their first playoff win in uh, 20, 25-plus years. So I'm going to go with Cleveland in the upsets. So I assume you're going to go with Pittsburgh here because of uh, – I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I really like how Cleveland has been playing over the last five, six games. Uh, they really went toe-to-toe with Baltimore. I know they weren't able to win that game. But uh, they definitely improved on both the Baltimore and Pittsburgh games the second time around. Obviously, Pittsburgh wasn't at full strength and neither were the Browns, but still impressive win to get, you know, especially to clinch a playoff spot. It doesn't matter who was on the field. Um, you know, Pittsburgh still had probably 78 percent of their stars on the field. So I was impressed by that win. For me, it, it just the added thing of of not having a coach now. Uh, your head coach to coach your playoff game. I just think Pittsburgh's defensive line is just going to be way too hard to to block. You know, T.J. Watt has just been a force all season long. And the Browns really had no answer for him the first time around, which is why he, he pretty much wrecked the game. So I think it's going to be a close one. You know, obviously the third time a, a team's meet is never a blowout, hardly ever a blowout. But I think Pittsburgh wins this one. Um, just based on their defense. I'm not really excited about their offense. I really don't love it, but I think they find a way to grind out a victory. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I, I've been really pulling for Clemson for years now, for several years throughout their rebuild, throughout their um, one and however many games they lost. Um during those portions, the Hugh Jackson era, the, um, the era they went through, that that was a tough stretch for Browns fans. Um, they they deserve this playoff spot. They may not win, even though I'm predicting them to beat Pittsburgh. But you know, getting into the playoffs, that's all Browns fans really wanted. If they can get a big playoff win without their head coach, you know. That would, this would be one of the best Brown seasons in year, probably since the 1980s when they had that stretch of years where they're in the AFC championship and lost all those games because of some miraculous thing. Like they were playing the Broncos twice and they lost in those games and like the drive, the fumble, um, all that. So Cleveland deserves to have happiness in that city. Um, you know, from a sports fan perspective, like the Indians, they're not playing 
They haven't been as consistent um, ever since the World Series a few years ago. Um, you know, the Cavaliers, they lost to Bron James a couple years ago to the Lakers. And they're falling off. And uh, so Cleveland's really the only good sports team around in that um, city right now, which is surprising because a few years ago it was the Cavaliers and the Indians, and then the Browns were all the way at the bottom. So, you know, really hoping the Browns have success. Will they win this weekend? I think they will. Um, I think they'll pull off the upset, but it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh won. Another big game, which could be surprising, seventh seed Indianapolis Colts going to Buffalo on the road. Buffalo will have fans in the stands for the first time all season. The governor of New York granted permission for the Bills to have fans in the stands, I think at least six, about six, 6,500-something fans are allowed at, um, in the stadium. Of course, it'll be socially distanced, but it'll be the most rowdy 6,500 fans um, in that stadium. And, you know, first home playoff game um, probably since the last century. So, you know, big game for the Bills. They're probably the most complete team in the NFL right now. They don't really have a big weakness. So... When looking at the Bills' roster, they have a superstar quarterback in Josh Allen now. We never thought we'd be saying that, um, especially last year. Um, we They have a great run game, have a great group of wide receivers. Stephon Diggs led the league in receiving yards this year. Um, their defense is playing well. I mean, they're really clicking on all on all three units of the football. You know, they're they're playing great, great football. Um, the Colts have a great defense. Their offense has been playing well. Their run game has been looking good. Jonathan Taylor ran for the ninth most, ninth most rushing yards in a single game. Um, he ran for 253 yards against the Jaguars last week. Uh, that, that blows my mind. And he already, he's already rushed for, I think like 1200 yards now. Like he was, he was barely touching a thousand yards, and now with that big game, he had a thousand yards. So futures fighting Indianapolis, but I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think they're just the better team overall. They're the more complete unit, um, and you know I'm excited to see. You know, with this playoff prediction, as we continue on, I think Buffalo might be my favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I'm going to predict them as a Super Bowl, but just depending on how the prediction goes, I, I could see it going that way. So who do you got winning in that one, Devin, Indy or Buffalo? Yeah, I got Buffalo. I think uh, they're probably playing uh, the best football out of really anyone in the NFL right now. Um, Josh Allen's playing at a supremely high level. Uh, Stefan Diggs, the connection between those two has been unstoppable. Um, and for me, I think Indianapolis, uh, their defense is underrated, but for me, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop, uh, Stefan Diggs and that, uh, Buffalo offense. I think Josh Allen makes plays outside of the pocket and, you know, continues to extend drives. And I think on offense, Indianapolis, uh, really outside of Jonathan Taylor and kind of their running game, you know, Phillip Rivers, he, he doesn't do well under pressure and, Buffalo can create those pressure situations and and could cause turnovers. And and right there, that could change the game. So I think Buffalo wins this one and and continues their playoff run. I'm with you there. Um, I think Buffalo is just a better team um, overall. You know, the Colts, they could easily win that game. You know, like they're a really good seventh seed. So, you know, is there a chance of an upset? Is there a chance that Bills fans will be disappointed? There's a chance, but I think the Bills end up um, moving on to the next round, to the divisional round. Let's move on to the NFC. Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs for the first time in um, just over a decade. Um, Tom Brady leading the way, the GOAT. They'll be playing the NFC East champions, the Washington football team. It's, it's just crazy. Um, I, I'm going with Tampa Bay. They're the better team overall. I, I don't think Washington has a chance. But, you know, the last couple of times we've had a losing record division winner, they've, they've won their playoff games. 
Carolina won their playoff game when they hosted the Cardinals back in 2014. Um, Seahawks won their playoff game when they were playing the Saints that year. Sorry, man, I got I had to rub it in. I had to rub it in, my bro. I just saying. But yeah, that, you know, that game still haunts me. <laughs> Uh, doesn't haunt Seahawks fans. That'll live in memory for them for years to come, decades to come, maybe even centuries to come. Who knows? Um, but you know, Tampa Bay's the better team easily. Tom, yeah. Um, they might not have Mike Evans, but they still have Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Chris, uh, or Rob Gronkowski, um, Ronald Jones balling out as well. So, you know, their offense or defense playing well, I'm, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I think it's just the easy pick there. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Tampa Bay too, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. You know, Washington's defense is ferocious <laughs> defensive line. And if we know anything, uh, Tampa has a weakness on the left side of that line. So, you know, whether it's Chase Young or, or whoever they throw out there, uh, Josh Sweat or, or – or whoever they decide to, to come off the edge, it's going to be a problem. So hopefully they have a plan ready for that um, because I think they're definitely going to stick Chase Young against Donovan Smith um, and, and test to see if they're going to, you know, do chip blocks, you know, double teams, all that type of things, because they, they better have a plan for that pass rush. But really outside of that, I, I have no confidence really in Washington, the Washington football team. The offense has been, Pretty lethargic all all year long. Uh, they're just opportunistic, you know, based on the the NFC East and the fact that you know their defense creates turnovers. So as long as Tampa Bay takes care of the ball and, and has a plan for Washington's defensive line, then I think they'll win. I'm with you there. Oh crap! I just accidentally closed out the playoff predictor tab. The oh. next game. I'll go ahead. The next game is the Seahawks and Rams. Um, you know, the Rams coming in the playoffs after winning last last week with uh, John Wolford uh, at the helm. You know, Jared Goff out sideline with the injury. And then you got the Seahawks, who has been kind of up and down this season. Um, you know, obviously they won last week against the 49ers. But, you know, they, they've had some tough losses. They lost to the Rams earlier in the season. Uh, I think they split the regular season uh, between the two games and they get a matchup for the third time this season. So it should be interesting to see uh, what happens in this one. I think uh, probably I'd, I'm going to pick Seattle to win, but my conf- I have the lowest confidence in this pick of all the picks this weekend because Aaron Donald, man, he can he can wreck Seattle's entire game plan. And he did so in their the first matchup where the Rams pretty much dominated the Seahawks all game long. But I think, you know, Seattle, the third time has to be the charm. You you have to have a blueprint to block him or have design plays to, to kind of get him open and then get DK Metcalf, Metcalf involved in the offense early. You know, get him some catch, early, uh, early easy catches against Jalen Ramsey, try to move him around, you know, try to uh, get him in the rhythm of the game, and that will open up everything else. So, I think the Seahawks do that. Um, the Rams situation at quarterback is still a little iffy at this point. And if they walk out uh, Wolford, I think, in the playoff game, I don't think they're going to get great results. So uh, I guess Seattle will win this one. Same here. I think Seattle's going to win. Um, their defense has been playing well as of late um, after a very horrible start to the year. Um you know, Russell Wilson, he has struggled as of late, um, which sucks. Um, you know, I, I still think he'll get some MVP votes, but he's well out of the running for um, league MVP. So um, I'm going to go with Seahawks. Um, even though Aaron Donald can definitely wreck games and he can probably win the game himself, um, you know, I, I just don't see – uh, the Rams getting it done, especially if they don't have Jared Goff um, at the helm. So um, give me the Seahawks. Give me DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett, Jamal Adams. Um, that group of um, players just, just going to be that team. Give me the Seahawks. Next game, New Orleans Saints, Chicago Bears. It's the New Orleans Saints. End of story. Yep. Next. <laughs> uh, pretty much same here, man. Uh, I think, you know, Chicago has just been 
really inconsistent, man. You know, they had chances to win the Packers game, which I'm, I'm still a little mad about. Not going to lie, I'm a little mad about that game because if the Bears won that game, the Saints would have had the number one seed. We wouldn't even have to talk about this game this week. But anyway, um, look, man, the Bears have been inconsistent. They've failed to get Allen Robinson the ball. I don't understand why that's not happening. He had his second catch in the fourth quarter against the Packers on Sunday. Uh, just doesn't make sense to me. Darnell Mooney is a big stock up, though. He has been fantastic his rookie season. But uh, the Saints are going to win this one. I think, you know, they're finally getting back to full strength. Alvin Kamara should be ready to play after testing positive for COVID. And Michael Thomas will be back. So Saints are finally going to look back to, you know, full strength for the first time since early earlier in the season. And, you know, hopefully they take care of business. Free Allen Robinson. Thank God he's a free agent. He needs to get the hell out of there. He needs to go to a team that will throw him the ball, throw him, give him targets, let him go crazy. <clears throat> you know, Camden should resign with New England. They get Allen Robinson. They have cap space. You know, I'm just saying. Just saying. Not saying, just saying. You know. All right. Next round. We got our playoff picks done for the wild card round. Let's go ahead and go on. Baltimore, Buffalo in the AFC. I'm going to go with with Buffalo again. Complete football team right now. They're playing at a high level. Um, I I just think, you know, it would be fun to see Lamar Jackson against that Buffalo defense, but will he able to get the job done? I just don't think so. I'm going to go with Buffalo here. Yep, same here. Um, I think, you know, they, they just have a better team um, and, and just have a more cohesive unit and a better offense. You know, they, they showed that in their first matchup, and I don't think the Steelers will have an answer for them in the second matchup. Kansas City, Cleveland Browns for me. I know you got Kansas City, Pittsburgh for you. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City. Um, they're, they're just a better team, of course. I, I as I think that could end up being a shootout. It would be a very close game if that game were to happen, but I think, you know, Cleveland, uh, it would just be too much to overcome. Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. It would be a very entertaining game. It would be awesome to see if the Browns can overcome their not having their head coach this weekend, then go on to beat Kansas City on the road, get to the AFC Championship, and be like, we're one win away from getting to our first Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen this year. It could happen even next year. So, Browns fans, sorry. I got Kansas City being you guys in the divisional round in my prediction here. So, who do you got for your prediction between Pittsburgh and Kansas City? Oh, it would be the Ravens and Chiefs, and then it was Steelers-Bills in, in my matchup in the first one. Uh, sorry, I probably oh, should have told you that. but You're, you're, you're fine. Yeah, I still, I still – oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, I picked the Bills and the Chiefs to win. Uh, the, the Chiefs played the, um, the Ravens in mine and then the Bills played the Steelers in, in mine as well. So I, I got Bills, Chiefs to win and me an AFC championship. Yeah, that Buffalo, Kansas City, AFC championship. That's going to be a fun one to watch if it were to happen. NFC divisional round. Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints. I really want to pick the Saints. I really do. I I I want Drew Brees to have another Super Bowl ring before he retires. Ah, Seattle, New Orleans. I love Russell Wilson. They their win their Super Bowl window is closing fast. Um, well, it might have opened up just a little bit more. Um. But, I mean, with the weapons Wilson has and they get an upgrade at tight end and, you know, um, improve the offensive line, improve the defense, I think they could still be a good football team next year. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints um, just because I want Drew Brees to have a Super Bowl reign before he retires. So I'm going to go with the Saints here. Yep, same here. Um, I think Seattle's secondary is just going to get exposed and – they're just not going to be able to put enough points on the board to, to match the Saints. So I think the Saints get the edge in that one. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. 
divisional round matchup as we have predicted. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Same, actually. Yeah. I he, there, There's a stat I've always been fond of. Whoever wins the league MVP, which will more than likely be Aaron Rodgers. The league MVP since 2000, or Kurt Warner was the last league MVP to win a Super Bowl. Since then, no court, no MVP has won a Super Bowl. It'll, that's probably the case here this year. I think Aaron Rodgers will just miss out on another Super Bowl opportunity. We get Tom Brady, Drew Brees, 3.0. Tampa Bay beats Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers can easily win this game. I think he can win his game, this game by himself. But I think Tampa Bay is on a hot streak. And even if they don't have Mike Evans in this game, I'm still going to pick Tampa Bay because they still have a great set of weapons. They're a great defense. Um, they've been playing well. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here to face New Orleans in an NFC South showdown in the NFC Championship game. So AFC Championship, Bills, Chiefs. I'm going Bills. Oh, that's – I'm not going Bills. Bills. I'm going with Chiefs. Hey, man, Listen. The Bills, and I've said this multiple times already, they're the most complete team in football right now. They have probably no weaknesses on either side of the ball. Kansas City can win that game alone with Patrick Mahomes, and I hate doubting Patrick Mahomes because knowing him, he'll probably end up winning this game. But I think the Bills are the better team on both defense um, their offense is not as good as Kansas City, but I think they're good enough um, to drive downfield. This is probably going to be a shootout as well um, between two great offenses, but I think Buffalo's defense makes enough plays against Patrick Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, the thing is with me, I think I just don't know if Josh Allen is going to take that next step and and be the difference to to pull him over the hump, man. I I just trust Patrick Mahomes a little bit more in a in a game of a battle of quarterbacks and and someone to to edge out the end. So I, I that's why I got to pick the Chiefs to to win this one, man. Yeah, I I I don't fault you for that. You know, I I probably pick the Chiefs as well if. If I didn't think the Bills were really, if the Bills didn't have any major weaknesses, but they don't, they're they have, they are very strong on both sides of the ball, and I just trust that team more than Kansas City and them just winning on offense because their defense hasn't been as consistent. Um, their defense isn't consistent from a week to week basis. You know, there there's one game where they play great, then there's one week where they just Find out suck. So it, it's just for me, I'd rather go with the key strengths and I think defense gets the job done. My mindset for as long as I've, I've been watching football is that defense wins championships. Buffalo has the defense. They're going to get make enough plays against Patrick Mahomes in this AFC championship and they're going to go on to the Super Bowl. NFC championship. New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, does Tom Brady go to another Super Bowl? For me, no. (laughs) Not for me either. I think the New Orleans Saints, like, they've had such bad playoff luck over the last few years. Like, they've come so close. And I know I'm rubbing it into you, Devin. But here's the thing. They get over the hump this year. And, you know, they deserve it big time. I'm going to go with the Saints in, to win the NFC Championship and go to their first Super Bowl since 2009. They deserve it. Drew Brees deserves to go, go out into the sunset, maybe. So I'm going to go with Saints here. You know who I'm picking, man. I got the Saints as well, which sets up a, a – um rematch chief saints uh that that happened you know just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go all in i got the saints win the super bowl man you are biased as a man 
be realistic. You know you won't doubt. You got you can't doubt Kansas City, man. I don't Especially doubt in them, that man. Situation. You get Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, everything on the line, season on the line, the biggest trophy in sports on the line. Come on, man. I get one to get breeze put breeze into the sunset. I get it. I know, bruh. Come on, man. You know, if the Panthers were in the playoffs and, you know, in a few years that they are in the playoffs, you know, you know damn well I'm going to have them go all the way. I don't care if they're a seventh seed in the playoffs. I'm going to have them go all the way. I don't give a damn. I'm probably going to do the same thing you did. So um, for my Super Bowl, Buffalo, New Orleans, oh, it's so tough. I love both teams. I want you to go out to the sunset. Sorry, bro. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Give it to me. I understand. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl 55 champions. They finally get over the hump, and they have started their own little tiny dynasty in the AFC East, a team to fear for years to come with the Kansas City Chiefs. Booyah, baby. Let's go. Josh Allen silencing the haters. He wins Super Bowl MVP, goes off against the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees sadly throws a couple picks, a couple very bad picks, and the Saints begin a potential rebuild after this season. You know it's going to happen. I know. I mean, I don't. I I would love to see Drew Brees ride out right off into the sunset and win another Super Bowl. I really do. He deserves it, but. My prediction, I'm going to go with Buffalo. You know, I, I just think right now they're the hot, they are the hottest team. Baltimore is one of the hottest teams in, in the league right now, but I think Buffalo is the hottest team in the league. And I think they'll ride that hot streak all the way to the Super Bowl to get their first Super Bowl victory. They ain't going to be going to four straight Super Bowls and losing all those Super Bowls. They're going to finally win one. They're going to get it this year. Sorry, bro. Sorry to do that to you. It's all right. <laughs> no hard feelings. It's all love, bro. It's all love. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great day. Peace.